Welcome back to another episode of Ales with Aslan, your weekly therapy session for those who sell for a living and those who help those who sell for a living. And I'm joined by Tom Stanfield, CEO of Aslan Training and Development and the best at objection handling, negotiating, and all things deal closing. Wow. The best. I, I, the best. I may have gone I'm, overboard there yeah, a smidge. Have, the, be- the best <laughs> in this room? Best in Maybe. This room. Okay. Maybe. Thank I'm, you. I mean, I'm okay, you, too. I, I, I'm no At least slouch. second best. I'm second best. Okay. At least second best. In this room. In this room. Can but we get it, to the beer part? Well, can I just say that today we have a really counterintuitive way to handling those really difficult negotiations. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. The first it. negotiation we're going to go through is getting you into that beer as quickly as possible. That is not difficult. It's not difficult. All right, no. let's get you All started. Right. So it's, I, it's I have. An, uh, I think I'm saying this correctly. The Elysian. 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 How would you say that? Probably our listeners. Elysian. Elysian. Like I feel Elysian like it's kind of like some something you would hear in a, a movie about space or something. That was Elysium. Oh, there you yeah. go. Elysian yeah. Space Dust IPA. That's an interesting. Candidate. And this is, that- is from a brewery in Seattle. Yeah. Um, this hoppy. Hoppy is pure star glow energy. Told you, yeah. With Chinook to bitter, and the late and dry additions of mm. Citra and Amarly. I don't know what that is. Now, is is that? But a I'm piece excited. I've heard about this. That's that's coughing up space dust, or is that like an artichoke? Barley. I think that's a barley. <laughs> And this is this is we better get this podcast over very quickly yeah. because this is eight point two ABV. Ooh, we could have a brief one today, so here folks. We go. This may not be. This uh, is, um, that my son good. taught me a cool trick where you can just lean the can. Oh yeah, into the glass on its tab, and yeah. it pours itself automatically. I like that. I failed at that several times, so I'm not going to try that here. That could yeah wind up all over. All right, computers. so your beer, Scott. Let's yeah, start. I'm going to go with something a little crazy. This is from the Twenty First Amendment Brewery. <laughs> Um, they are in, uh, what is that? That's San Leon- Leandro, California. And uh, this is, I, I just love the name, Hell or High Watermelon. Mm. Now, I believe That's I creative. had a watermelon beer a couple weeks ago, and I'm kind of into it, to mm-hmm. be honest with you. This is a wheat beer I'm brewed excited with about, watermelon. I'm more excited about your beer than I am mine. Really? Mm-hmm. Well, oh, that sounded good. But... Oh. I am very excited about my my IPA. Oh, I like this. I really do like it. Is it good? Mm-hmm. You know that orange juice where they keep some of the pulp in it? Yeah. I think that's what there? I have here. I have some hops in my It's beer. really orange-like orange juice. All right. Well, this is, I mean, a super exciting topic because I bet you everybody out there has been in a tough negotiation from time to time. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, and so what we're going to unpack for you today is something that might seem a little counterintuitive, but a way to handle those those tough negotiations those tough objections you might get maybe a little bit later in the sell cycle and mm. so you know the problem we're trying to solve for you is you know when that decision maker is pushing back you know what what do we do to sort of reduce that pressure right and if you've listened to us before you probably have an inkling of what that might be right yeah so i think the the two as i think about it the two toughest situations that happen and this is Typically, further in the process, we're talking about you know you're you're down the you, you've talked about their needs you you've presented your recommendation you're kind of getting close to that hey we're about to move forward right or maybe and it's it may be still really competitive and they're saying yeah I don't really I want this but not that yeah. so they want to they want to reduce part of the scope part of the part of the you know. Um, a solution that yeah, you're recommending sure. or they're saying you're too expensive right? or I don't want to pay that and what do you do about it? 
Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I think, I think you know, probably the best way to walk through this is, I don't know if you have some good examples, but, you know, it's always, it, to me, success stories and or <laughs> failures yeah. are great, great learning opportunities. So, mm-hmm. what's, what's, what's the best way to get after this? Well, since you introduced me the way that you introduced me, Scott, there, I only have success stories. Well, that's true. I only have success stories. There are no I'm failures in your two. life. Yeah, so, you talked about it. You, you you kicked off the podcast with talking about it being kind of counterintuitive yeah. approach. So we're going to talk about how do you eliminate the pressure and shift the whole dynamic of the conversation from a sort of tug of war mm-hmm. and and sort of a um, where your adversaries potentially both protecting your wallet. You're trying to get a commission. They're trying to pay less money and become more of a partner and really just shift the conversation to what's a win-win, which everybody talks about what's fair. So I think it's helpful to have some background for kind of the the heart of what we're going to recommend is dropping the rope. And that comes from a principle that we teach called the tug-of-war principle, which basically says if I'm trying to pull you to my position or pressuring you or trying to force you to think or act differently and you don't feel the freedom to choose, you will always resist. That's right. Even if it's in your best interest to embrace my recommendation, if I'm trying to force you to do something, you're going to resist. I was, as you know, I'm in the process of trying to build a house, talking to some architects, and I really like this architect. You know, and I said he started sending me some pictures. Well, he started putting on the full court press and trying oh to pressure me and trying to force me. I know this is the right. I'm the best guy, and I immediately just like I don't want to work with you now. Yeah. I went from I want to work with you to I don't, and that was that pressure. And so we want to talk about how do we alleviate that pressure and how do we shift because when there's tension and they feel that pressure, the focus becomes attention, not the truth. Yeah. So how do we get them to? to sense the truth and how to step back and say, if I'm really trying to recommend what's best for you, whether it's pay more or or embrace a whole solution, how do I get them to see that? So that's kind of the background is how do we move, how do we reduce that tension, drop the rope and get them to um, make the right decision. And for those of you that that are regular listeners, you've heard that term before and you certainly go back and listen to older podcasts and, and learn more about drop the rope. But Let's put that into practice as it relates to a negotiation that may have reached those later stages and how we might apply it, um, you know, to to the two examples you gave, that either that scope creep or that reduction in scope that we're looking to achieve Mm -hmm. as a customer or maybe that reduction in price that they're asking about. So we'll we'll just talk about reduced scope. I was in a situation recently with um, a new client Mm -hmm. um, or we were in the final stages of, you you know, they basically chosen us, but they – we provide a cloud-based application that sort of automates the, 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 the leader's ability to manage their team and coach their team and track developmental activities and measure performance. It's a, it's a, it's a very robust app, but it's, it's kind of expensive. Yeah. And so the, the decision maker pushes back. So I want, I want your training, but I don't want the app. Right. I want you to develop my leaders, but I don't want the, the, the cloud-based application. I want to measure performance, but we don't need that. Um, so – we're talking about this and the reason he so the first thing well, why don't you why don't you need that yeah. you know let's let's take the trip and see his perspective and he says well corporate's already provided that they already have a tool his corporate had already, his okay. corporation he was he was he was part of a he was one of the, he ran a division yeah and the, the the corporate headquarters had a tool that they developed okay right so you know, my mindset is when I'm in a situation like that, and I think that's the first thing is we got to look at our mindset. My mindset is, does he really need it? Yeah. Do you really need? Hey, if you're, if I'm honest, 
because that's really the, the the bottom line what we want to accomplish when we're responding to objectives is we want to communicate why is it in their best interest to change why should they embrace my recommendation right. in other words what's the truth and so if the focus is the truth the tensions kind of removed and say hey let's just talk together hey if you've got a free tool that works and Perfect. it costs you nothing yeah. you shouldn't buy my tool exactly. so my mindset should be yeah you know what what's uh, what do you really need? So how I dropped the rope, as I said, uh, you know, I'm about to make up a name. I don't want to use names, but I, yeah. I just said Bob. Yeah, um, I like Bob. Right, let's use a more, what's a more uh, millennial name? Chaz. Um, Chaz. You don't think Rufus? Rufus is not. No, Chaz. I think Chaz or Ted. No, like not Chaz. Ted, Ted. I think Chaz. Chaz Ted, would yeah. be, yeah, yeah, Cole, Chaz, Hamilton, yeah. maybe. Maybe. Chaz. I say Chaz. If you're, if the tool does all the following things that yeah. this does, I said you should use that tool. For sure. You should use that tool. But if it's missing some of those things, then maybe Catalyst Dashboard is something. Do you can do you want to talk about it? Yeah. He opens up. We discuss it. I never push him. And because I reduced the tension, we ended up looking at the tool. Well, let's look at it. And so yeah. we looked at the tool. We looked at what it Literally within 10 minutes, he, he increased the amount that they invested in our solution by probably 25%. Wow. So he saw the value when you took the trip and, and looked at it from his point of view. Mm -hmm. What's also interesting that you did there, and we've talked about this on a previous podcast, was you, you took the mindset of killing the deal. Like mm -hmm. you, that part of the deal, you in your own mind were saying, does he really need it? And in his mind, that's relieving the pressure. Because he doesn't smell your commission breath anymore. I don't have commission breath. Right. I really, because I've learned a long time ago, I'm going to sell more win more deals mm. if i serve the customer yeah. and focus because i'm eventually going to figure out if he already has a tool that's free yeah he's not going to buy mine yeah. and the, if i just keep pushing i just look like an idiot yeah but sure. the more i drop the rope and create you know reduce the tension we together can look at the tool and i can add because this is what we want we want an opportunity to influence and so if i if he lets me in and we start having an honest conversation and i see there is a need and i can influence him because he should be influenced then great if it if he if i look at the situation go you don't need the tool because you already get it free he's going to figure that out anyway exactly so if i'm really going to be a partner uh, and earn a seat at the table and be able to influence, then all I need to do is focus on the truth. So shift your mindset, drop the rope, and the payoff really is you, you, you've you built a relationship of win-win, right? I mean, you've mm -hmm. built a relationship that that they don't feel pressure, they feel the freedom to choose, mm -hmm. and ultimately in this particular case and in probably many of the cases uh, that we'll talk about, um, they, they they actually wind up coming around to the way you're you know the way you're thinking. Maybe the tool they had in place wasn't as good as they thought it was. Yeah, and, and it, it it could be that you know you don't know, right? And you're just opening the door right. to have the conversation. Right. Or it could be that you do know. So sometimes you're in a situation where you get you know some people are probably thinking this. Oh, oh, I know that they shouldn't do that. That's where it's really difficult to drop the rope. I know yeah. that they're making a dis mistake. But here's the here's the situation. You have to let them, you have to put all options on the table. And, you know, if you can't, if there's three potential paths they could walk down and you're saying you can only walk down this path, I promise you they won't They won't walk down that path. Because they don't have freedom to choose. They now. don't have freedom. They will ch purposely choose not to walk down yeah. that path. But if you say there are three options, yeah, 
and we can talk about all three and we can highlight the positive all and negative. acceptable i i eventually i gonna recommend a for the following reasons but if you think b is better you mm-hmm. you your call because I'm, yeah, I'm always aware of the fact that I don't know everything about their world. But you do, Tom Stanfield. Well, I do. Well, but, yeah, but I most people, most people. Yeah. Okay, right, right. all right. Mm-hmm. Well, that's good. Mm-hmm. Good, good, good. Okay, so that's that's an an example of where we've reduced scope. <clears throat> I don't need that extra tool you're mm-hmm. trying to sell me. What about the price objection? The price negotiation that seems to come up. I don't care whether you're, you know, selling hardware, selling software, selling solutions. I would think. Most of the people listening have been in a price negotiation. Yeah. So how does this apply there? So the first thing you want to be thinking about, and this is very difficult, but the first thing you want to be thinking about is not how do I get them to buy my solution at my price, but what you need to be thinking about is what's the fair price. So what is what is the fair price? So what? So to give you an example of this, um, we were negotiating a very large deal with a, with a client a couple of years ago, and it got very formal. Mm-hmm. So we went from uh, you know meeting with the decision making team and coming on site and RFPs and all that stuff. And so then it started turning over to the the procurement people, and we had clearly established our price at uh, let's just say for even numbers of 100. I'm mm-hmm. just going to 100. Mm-hmm. And they come back and they say, we'll pay 50. Mm-hmm. And they didn't say, we'll pay 50. They said, what about 50? We Based on... based on Like we're at a yard sale. Yeah. Like, I say a dollar and you say 50 cents. Yeah, they just basically said half. Yeah. They just said, we're going to pay... How about half? <laughs> and the language was, you know, based... And they, they use very weak language mm. around what, why, but they just said, how about half? And they're using this keeping me in the dark and... We don't know what's going on, and you don't want to lose this big contract, and we're a big company, and so how about half? And they're hoping I'll just take it. And yeah. they're, what they're really expecting me is to come back and go, well, what about this? And we and we start this adversarial yeah. negotiation. You're bracketing one another, and you're right. going to wind up in the middle or something. Right. So what I want, right, what I ultimately want is a win-win. I want them to win. I want us to win, as we talked about. I want that. I want to establish what's a fair price. So here's what I said. Um, to the person that was talking to me, I said, I mentioned the decision-making people involved. Yeah. I said, he, I mentioned several names. I said, I trust these people. <clears throat> they know our solution. They know what corporate can pay, and they know what finance budget is. They know what the other solutions are. I trust them. You guys established a price. We'll take it. You just threw it in their hands. I just basically said, wow. you, you decide, you decide yeah. what's a fair price. Because I trust you. Mm. You know your organization. You know what you money that you have. You know how difficult, if it's not within your budget, what you can get approved. You also know what the competition offers. You establish the price. And, I mean, they didn't know what to say. It was like you, you could hear a pin drop. You dropped the rope and I then dropped, dropped the, the mic rope. and walked out. <laughs> and they were like, it was silent. They, yeah. they, here's what the ladies did. No one has ever said that to me. Yeah. In a good way. And by the way, this, this is not an unusual <laughs> right. situation. Yeah. I've done this multiple times. Mm. Um, and and so they – they so remember I told you I offered 100 and they yeah. came back at 50. Well, they met, they came back and raised their price yeah. and said, well, we choose you and we'll give you this price, which is more than they tried to negotiate me down. Yeah. And I was very happy with that price. Okay. And it turns out on the back end I learned – 
there was a very a strong competitor to Aslan in that deal as well who was working with another division who'd come in very low. And they actually, they wanted to work with us, obviously, because they chose us, but it was close as far as who provided at the, you know, again, at this early stage, it's hard to know the difference. Right. But at this very early stage, they it would have been very difficult for them to demonstrate why they were going to pay a lot more than this other firm. So if I had not done that yeah. and given them the keys and you said, you, yeah. You might have and lost so what price. happens yeah. is, is when I say I'm going to trust you to determine out what's fair and you give the people, they will, they will honor that. Yeah. They will honor that. They, and I've done this many, many times. And every time I've done that, people are like, wait, so you basically are saying you will trust me to represent both parties? Yes. And I have never once had them come back and say, okay, well, then we'll take advantage of you. Yeah. I've had them come back and say, well, here's what's going on. So I, how about this? I go, great. Yeah. I've never been disappointed and, I, and, and I've never lost. And I'm wondering if, you know, I'm, as a sales rep out there saying, you know, I, well, Tom, I don't have that kind of price control in my business. But, you know, I think it's interesting and get, I'd love your take on this. Mm-hmm. You know, even if I'm in a business where price is not a lever that I can pull as a sales rep, what would be interesting is if I tried that and I got an answer out of that customer that I could then take back to my pricing team or my, my leadership. Your management or something. And yeah. I had the justification of, of having you know offered that other-centered, that drop-the-rope way that I went about it back to them. Would they? Would they? Consider they, that, that, right? That's one option. One option is, is you – so when you give – so here's what I think comes out of this approach. Mm-hmm. You get the truth. If they say – I mean, I'll go back to when I was in the mortgage business when I first got out of college. Yeah. And it's mortgage rates, right? And I say, and again, I have to demonstrate my value and what's different about my company. So if I don't do that, then they have nothing to base this on. So if assuming that I establish the value of my company and what I can do for the customer, but if I've done that well and I go back and, and they have that information and they can compare me fairly to other companies and they come back and say, well, your rate is this. But this other company, who clearly does the same thing as offering, does this. I think you're a little bit better, but they're at this rate. Then I'm getting, I'm never going to win that anyway. And I have information I can take back to management and say, hey, this is the reality. And I know this. Yeah. I've got a better relationship with the customer. They trust me more. They want to work with me. And I have information to potentially come back and say actually we should be charging this because this is really what market is now again if here's where it doesn't work that's not qualified you're right. you're trying to sell something to somebody who will never see the value right they don't care about the value it's not the right customer or you 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 couldn't just demonstrate the value so in this situation that i described earlier and i've got several of these situations I had always had enough time with the decision maker where they had test driven the car metaphorically, seen everything I have to offer, that I followed my process so they ensured that they knew what they were seeing, getting, and the value of that, talked to references, all of that. So the work had been done. Now it's all about, can I get you lower? Yeah. Yeah, So if we can shift it from... How do we quit playing this game to, look, we're about to partner together for a five-year journey to try to go from this to this, and yeah. the payoff is huge and this big. Let's quit Let's quit to trying to get how low I can get to what's really... What's fair. What's fair. I love it. I love it. And by the way, this also works for situations where you may have dropped the ball with a customer. 
Well, and I was just going to say, you you get to that end game, and and they don't see the value, and now it's just a price conversation. We we missed some steps along the way, or speed mm-hmm. bumps potentially. We we missed those those objections that uh, we probably should have picked up. And at some point, you can either go back and try to figure out what that was and rebuild value, or at that point, maybe you maybe you shouldn't win that deal. Yeah, you know those deals that you that you win that you wished you hadn't because it mm-hmm. just drains resources in the mm-hmm. company for no profit. You know, that might be where we're at with some of those. Well, I think that's a really good point. Let's say you haven't established the value. Let's yeah. say you drop, but if you take this approach, you drop the rope and they come back and say, well, this company offers this and this company, and you start having an honest dialogue yeah. about what they're thinking, then you can say, well, obviously I haven't done a very good job of demonstrating it. Can I show that to you now? Yeah. And now you're starting to have you're kind of You've going got back the opportunity steps, to then say, hey, well, let's talk about that. Let me show you, okay, I obviously didn't communicate this. Let me. Yeah. Um, Maybe you get a do-over. Exactly. Right? So that was a pretty large company that you were just t- discussing because you mentioned it was uh, it was a very, very big deal. Um, do you have any examples of something that might be just a little smaller that, that might resonate with some reps that are selling in the in the you know the 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 lower end of the um, the price yeah. spectrum. Well, I mean the 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 this example that comes to mind was actually your old company. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, with yep. Schneider, right? Electric. Um, uh, Tom Kiernan, if you're listening, I love you. Yeah. Because uh, uh, this is early days when we were selling to to, to Schneider. You yeah. guys were. We'd done a couple of programs for you, and Tom Kiernan was over. A learning I think he just moved in that position and he yep. had, he wanted to bring Aslan into another group and it was a pretty small opportunity and he's like I want to do this training I want to train this group I have no budget right and he said I can't really I have no idea what I can get approved but so basically come in as cheap as you can it was like and, and again I'm feeling all the pressure to try to and I think what reps do in that situation is like well they just come as low as they can right so I just changed the conversation I said Tom you know what we do right you know what we offer you You've know the seen our content yeah. you know the value you also know the executive that you want to sell this to you know the process to get this approved you determine the price and that's what it will be so all of a sudden, we went from sitting across the table from each other to sitting together trying to figure out. He's like, so you basically mean that I can just quote whatever I want to quote from Aslan? I said, yep. And he ended up quoting and getting approved more than I would have ever asked for uh, Asked for if I just went as low. I just let him figure it out. because, And we're still friends. We're still good friends because he, he knows if he would have come back. and I, I know because I trusted him. Yeah. If he would have come back and – Zero. If he had come back and said, you know, he would have known, hey, you can't do this, right? I'd say, yeah, I could do that. Or maybe I can't. Or he knows uh, he knows we would have had an honest conversation. Yeah, yeah. Because I also think it's a long-term thing. You know, it's like this isn't a win-loss, hey, I'm going to I'm gonna manipulate you, which is a lot of times a view of, of negotiation. I hate the word negotiation. I know. I think I know. it's just like we should just come together. The reason people have to negotiate is because we're playing games and I don't trust you and you don't trust me, so you're going to try to give it a high price and I'm going to try. It's like that car dealership situation. Like, oh, yeah. It's just like this is what we do. This is why we think it's worth what we work because – this is the value. If I charge this and you, you know, that's a lot of times I'll say to the company, if we charge you $200,000 and your revenue goes up 30% and you're a $500 million company, is that a good price? Yeah. Or should I pay more? Should I charge you more? I right. mean, yeah, it just, it's, it's a, it just totally changes the conversation. I love it. I mean, it, it is so true. I mean, any kind of interpersonal relationship conversation where you feel like, 
you know, there's a winner and a loser. I, I feel like Good both point. people lose when, exactly. when there's a winner well and a loser, said. right? I think that's And well. so I've, I, you know, shooting for that win-win and, and, uh, and I like the analogy of sitting on the same side of the table versus sitting across from each other. And it sounds like you and Tom and Tom got together and were able to make that work. And so what, that all worked out, and they and they wound up uh, running that running that program. Yeah, here's like. the here's the interesting thing about okay. So just to kind of complete that story, that was 2003. Schneider is still a client today. Yeah. And so fast forward a couple of years from there. From that point where Tom and I were going through that negotiation process, because that was my approach. Yeah. Again, I don't want this to sound like, oh, well, I'm I'm sort of like Mother Teresa in the sense. Yes, world. I'm like, giving stuff away. I yeah. just I love people, and I'm just a servant, and that's my heart. No, I mean, selfishly, this works better. Yeah. Yes, I'm more fulfilled. It feels better to serve, and it feels better to focus on what. But ultimately, it works better to drop the rope and yeah. to negotiate this way because it. People trust you because you're trustworthy. Well, and, we're and all the way back to they have freedom to choose. They have freedom to choose, which is the most important part, right? So, but, so, but I wanted to get this point. So, a couple of a couple of years after that situation, we had a competitor enter into the picture. Okay, I don't even know if you know this. I don't think I know this. Competitor enter the picture. Kieran calls me and he says, he says, uh, yeah, we we're talking to another company, and they kind of do what you want to do. So. Um, we're having a conference call with them. Would you join us? With the competitor? With the competitor. So I joined the conference call. Yeah. He wanted me to evaluate the competitor. Now, it wasn't all the things that we offer, but it was, a, it, was a, it was something they needed for a certain group of people, and it was a certain specific skill set, and yeah. we sort of could do it. I knew by category. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, based on, he basically wanted – he wanted – to teach the people how to talk more effectively with the CFOs and the CTOs of companies, executive and, and yeah, executive suite, and 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 at the time, our, our we had a little bit of a solution for that, but it wasn't that robust. He says, "I want you to join that call so that you can hear what they offer, and then you can tell me if you can do it." I get on the call, I hear the guy's pitch, which was interesting. I get off the call and I go, "I can't do that as well as he can. Yeah. You should hire them." Really? Yeah. And you built even more credibility with mm-hmm. them. And they're still a client. Yeah. That's 2003. Yeah. It's 2019. They're still a client. Yeah. So that's the payoff. Yeah. It's, it's not a – and it's fun for me to be able to get off that call and know that I am going to make more money by being other-centered and dropping the rope rather than some pushy sales rep that won a deal in 2003 but will never win a deal again. It's great. It's Is this, this could be the Elysium speaking. Well, you – Yes, you're it, through a good. I have of it, drank. So. I get you know on these podcasts, Scott. I just I don't get focus. I don't. No. It's thirst. It's I'm thirst. Thirsty. It's not. It's nothing more than thirst, and you're just trying mm-hmm. to stay hydrated. I understand it. Well, that's great. So we we've been talking today about you know negotiation, getting to that point where reducing scope or reducing price can be a major challenge, and hopefully you've learned that dropping the rope and looking for that win win with yourself and your customer is the is the ultimate way to do it, and you will build trust and potentially lifelong customers out of that. So. It's been another great week on Ales with Aslan. Enjoy the podcast and enjoy the beer.